This is the Tree of Life, Season 7 Chapter 9. In this episode, we will be concluding Season 7 of the Tree of Life by making reference to an early episode of the monologues, namely Season 1 Chapter 4. Now, when direct ground was introduced initially, it was described as a kind of non-contingent or unconditional action that preserves an inward-outward direction to causality, reliant upon reversing the ordinarily external to inward direction of synchronicity. In that episode, direct ground was described as fundamentally based upon faith, but it was more complicated than that. It was based upon a referential definition. Namely, that as soon as you make your action conditional, reliant upon some external fact, you are subordinating yourself as object to the external world, rendering your synchronicity defined in that outward fashion. Now, in this episode, I would like to draw into the discussion the past season with respect to direct ground descriptions and elucidate this distinction. In this season, we have exclusively talked about direct ground as a kind of communal experience. In that, the experience, as a common one, is grounded in the sense that it joins two individuals' subjective experiences of reality. In that way, it is foundational to the conjoint consensuality, but only for one reason. Since both actors are effectively subordinating themselves to some external experience, in the sense that their action is conditional upon it, or contingent upon it, by extension of that, the experience remains grounded objectively. But, direct ground produces this external to internal direction of synchronicity through this granting of agency to the other through the experience itself. In the formation of a dissonant space, one of the two reciprocal pairings is negated, breaking synchronicity, as between the actor, who enters the dissonant space. But within the conjoined consensuality, that actor's place is taken via a substitution event. Now, from this we can see, that direct ground experiences are always grounded, because even when one is negated after or simultaneously with the event, another steps in to fill in the gap so to speak within the continuous action. Now, there is a distinct species of direct ground altogether, which arises out of the unconditional or non-contingent action or thought. Namely, one which does not make the self an object by virtue of some external fact. So to put it another way, I will give you an example. Suppose you are in a boat on a river. Up ahead, there is a rock face separating the river into two paths. You have a choice, you know one of the paths has rapids, the other a waterfall. You can go left, on the assumption that the water looks rather like rapids. You can go right on the assumption that it looks clear. Or, you can let go of your preconditions, let go of your agency, and merely let the river decide your path. After all, you are guessing either way. You don't know which is which. Thus, non-contingent action is rather like a withdrawal of agency. It is the recognition that when you truly don't know the outcome, when both options are bad, you should never overestimate your agency. You should retract your subjectivity and permit it to flow naturally, cognizant that in the end, your fate is predetermined, and should you fight it, you will only make your situation worse. In other words, direct ground of this fashion is grounded because it retains one's subjecthood in the face of uncertain, nearly probabilistic ends. 
It is about recognizing the limits of one's subjectivity in the moment and deferring one's agency in light of it. Now, in this season we also talked about how negation can be a priori or post-priori, meaning after before, that is simultaneous to the event or after it. But, direct ground in this season has been largely viewed from a posteriori perspective. In that, to truly shape the conjoined consensuality proactively, requires one who exists in a dissonant space, to recognize the limits of their own subjectivity, in the face of a breakdown of synchronicity, and act non-conditionally upon the world around oneself. Let me give you another example returning to the carousels. Imagine that you step from the larger carousel to the smaller, one, that is, enter a dissonant space. Now, you are on the smaller carousel, which means that your experience of reality is somewhat divorced from the perspective of the conjoined consensuality. In this state, you cannot fully rely upon your observations, which are often merely a consequence of maintaining continuity in your experiences. But, what you can do, is decide when you step back onto the larger carousel. This is the kind of non-contingent experience I am talking about. You aren't determining the outcome for the carousel, necessarily, what you are doing is deciding when you re-engage with it, determining when that resubstitution event occurs. Thus, we can see that direct ground can be grounded from the conjoined consensuality through synchronicity, which is traditional, or it can be preemptively grounded by a non-conditional action, pursuant to a reversal of that subjectivity. In effect, like our example of the person on the boat, you can allow the current to guide you back into where you are supposed to be, and thereby, avoid the unnecessary disruption that your asynchronization might entail. That doesn't mean that the current is always going to bring you back into the conjoined consensuality exactly, where it would be fruitful, but at a minimum, you can be certain that the outcome is preordained by the necessity of your subjectivity. All of this is to say that there are two forms of negation, a priori and post-priori, meaning after proceeding, but there are also two forms of affirmation, namely a priori. And post-priori, where post-priori means simultaneously with the event or afterwards. In other words, you can make your action affirmational to your path itself, just as surely as the other can do so through the intersection of the nine dialogues. That's the end of the podcast for today.